G'day everyone, I'm Brett Morrison and welcome to the Leadership Sensei radio show. Welcome back, this is a small business podcast where we look at the many facets of what it means to run, own and lead a small business, but also what it means to be a leader, not only of your business and your corporation, but also a leader of yourself and being the example for those that are with you in your life and also on your team. Thanks for joining us, welcome aboard and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, and look, I'm just doing a quick recording from my car studio, so it's just a nice soundproof little spot I can go away and do some recording. Uh, You might hear some rain on the roof because it is starting to rain outside, which is probably not unusual for this time of year down where I live in in the southwest of Victoria. But look, I wanted to start the show this week by saying a a, very big shout out to all the listeners over in the Netherlands. I'm not too sure what has happened over in the Netherlands in the last couple of weeks, but uh, one of my podcasts has just gone viral over there and had stacks and stacks of downloads. So just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone over there. Hope you're enjoying it. Hope you've enjoyed it. And please keep sharing it amongst your friends. have to say the Netherlands has taken the lead on uh, the number of downloads per country. So Australia and the US were, were in the lead, uh, yeah, but not even close now. Uh, so if you want to catch up, please share around. Um, but that, yeah, so, so seriously though, thank you to all the listeners out there who do download and listen to it every week. It means a lot to me to know that people are actually listening to it and more importantly, getting some value out of it. So thank you very much. And this week I have Dr. Sonia Jenkinson. So I've known Sonia now for quite a few years and as you'll see, or as you'll hear in, in the podcast, Sonia was actually a previous boss of mine and great example of women in leadership. But not just women in leadership, but the skills that she brings to a leadership role. So it's not just the technical skills, but also the empathy and the understanding of the heartbeat of of an organization. And I think Sonia did that extremely well and and continues to do that. And while she may not be the real cutthroat leader that a lot of executives try to aim for, what, what they miss is, you know, the pulse of the organization, what they miss is how the, the organization is traveling from a morale perspective. What they miss is, you know, the ebbs and flows. So life that we live in comes in seasons, and, and organizations are no different, and people are no different. People have high points and they have low points. And Sonia had this unique ability to really put a finger on what they, what those points were and get the best out of people and connect with people in a real and meaningful way. And she had the trust of all the people that were around her and they would do anything for her in the workplace as well. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Sit back, get a nice cuppa and enjoy the show. Thanks very much. Yeah, so tonight we've got a very special guest joining me tonight, Dr. Sonia Jenkinson. So say hi. Hi, everyone. Yeah, so it's, it's really a special treat for me to be able to interview Sonia tonight. So Sonia's been my boss for the last couple of couple of years actually and she's a fantastic leader and she doesn't often talk about the things that she has done um actually not at all so sonia has a phd in chemical engineering chemistry applied chemistry chemistry. so pretty pretty close to that one of the first people in the country to make biofuel i believe Yep. yep so you know incredible track record and considering that engineering is a fairly male dominated environment Sonia has you know, despite all of that rose to the top of a field and has been in a senior leadership role for many many years so it's uh, quite exciting to get some of the insights behind how that's been achieved 
and and also how you keep doing it successfully over many many years okay thanks brett it's great right. great to talk to you so the first thing i'd like to do is just touch on a bit of your upbringing and, yep. and the type of family you grew up in yep. brothers sisters all that sort of okay. stuff okay um i we were an immigrant family i was born in ireland and moved between australia and ireland three times between when i was 12. So, I didn't know that. No, you didn't. No, it's something I don't really say a lot. So that involved going to 11 primary schools. Wow. So okay. I have an older sister. She went to 14 primary schools, so it was quite a, a disruptive um, upbringing. Yeah. So I've got an older sister, and um, she's a physiotherapist and an exercise scientist. Um, and I've got a younger sister as well, and she's a radiographer. So it was quite uh, quite an unusual upbringing insofar as we never really put down roots, which probably gives me the ability to move around um, yeah. as I got older. And also, and that sounds horrible, but to let people come and go in your life as you get, as, yeah. as different parts of your life mature or as people move around. Um, so I went there. By the time we got to high school, we'd settled down in Fairfield in Sydney, for those who people who know Sydney quite well. It's out in the southwestern suburbs, out, out near Liverpool. And went to the good old Fairfield High. So for those that are overseas that listen in, the western suburbs of Sydney are not the... No, no, no not, not the affluent areas. Yeah, they're not known to be the safest Serious. areas of, of Sydney. Yeah. Um, Fairfield High was, at that time, apparently ranked one of the 10 worst schools in in the state, and I thought that was really a, an unfair description of the place because we did have actually have some really good teachers and we had some really great kids. Yeah. Um, and insofar as in my year at school, maybe we were a little bit special. We ended up with three or four people. Three people, I think, did medicine, about a half dozen wow. did engineering etc etc and that's incredible because it, it is just, for a school for a state school for too. a state school yeah. in a poor yeah. area and you know, out of 365 people or 317 a year we we worked we did very well and yeah. i think having other kids who were academically minded it pushed everybody else along so the kids who were not yeah. necessarily in the top class or in the second class they they did better so they got into the accounting and the business degrees as well because yeah. they were being pushed so that was really good were a lot of the kids at that school from immigrant backgrounds yes. as well yes pretty much i think um 80 of the kids there were immigrants in about wow, well, about 60 percent were from non-english speaking backgrounds so we had a lot of croatians and serbians which is always a bit fun when when, yeah. when things got a bit testy in, in what was a former yugoslavia we had a lot of um, indo-chinese refugees from okay. cambodia laos vietnam yep. and um, a lot of south americans in fact quite a few refugees from south america in yep. fact my um younger sister's best friend her parents they were refugees and yep. Her father, that girl's father, he was uh, an editor of a paper and was considered oh, yeah. socialist. Yeah. So he was given 24 hours to pack up and leave the country. So. Wow, so they just packed up the family. Packed and, up the family and, and got in. Essentially hours, fled. Fled, yep. Wow. So that's there were quite a few, yeah, there were quite a few kids like that in our area. So it was a mixture of refugees yeah. um, and, and immigrants. So yeah, it was that's, an interesting bunch. That's an interesting background because when you mentioned that it was 80%. Were immigrant background yep. and so many of those kids then went on to like do medicine or Ec like economics said, en and engineering, engineering and science do you yep. think that i guess that instability as a ch as children builds up the resilience yep. for later in life yeah i think it did because yeah. kids the kids didn't have a lot so no, nobody had a lot so you know yeah. you'd walk everywhere or you'd ride your bike and you know you didn't have big parties or you didn't go to the movies that often because nobody had any money yeah but i've talked about it with my sister and like, nobody did we didn't yeah, nobody right. did so it, that was the norm it was wasn't it, it was just the days. norm so. it's funny because we have i was having a conversation 
uh, with one of the senior leaders at work today, and we're talking about the resilience yep. of, of the current generation coming through. And some of the conversations that kids are now having just never occurred, you yeah. know, 20 years ago. Yeah. And to the point where we now have, you know, I guess a new lexicon, which is, you know, resilience training. Yeah. You know, that was never, ever talked about or heard about. That's right. Back in yeah. the 80s. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, people didn't go on overseas holidays. You know, my people no. would maybe once every 10 years go visit the family back in whatever country or yeah. they'd drive to the Gold Coast. I guess for a from lot Sydney. of them, yeah, for a lot of them, they had fled from overseas so anyway, exactly so they right. didn't see a but point in going, going back. back. Exactly right, exactly <laughs> right. there's too many bombs and bullets Yeah, bombs, around. bullets, and you know, bad memories. Yeah. So we did right. have kids. And I mean, look at it in hindsight, quite a lot of them probably did have some psychological his- issues. Yeah. It was just sort of everyone had them all. Yeah, everyone just helped each other. Yeah, everyone helped them through each yeah, other. Yeah, that's really good. And it's good to see that people are starting to learn to build a community. Yeah. Exactly right. Early on. Yeah, exactly right. And the funny thing is, you see the immig- the kids um, of the immigrants or the refugees, and they started doing well and they started joining the police force and the yeah. defence force and, and those sort of um, law sort of structural oh, yeah. organisations. So it takes a generation or two to start yeah. seeing them coming through now, which is good. That is good, isn't it? Yep. And I think in some ways Melbourne is probably starting to experience some of that. Yep. I guess not that turmoil now. Exactly right, but it, you're seeing two generations. I grew yeah. up in the 80s with the Indo-Chinese, which were, which were people there. Those kids were treated as badly as some of the African kids now. Yeah. And you sort of think, well, it'll, it's, ta- it'll, it'll take, ta- time, it'll take it? time. It'll just It's just the same thing over and over again. And before yeah. that was the Greeks and the Italians. Yeah, it certainly was. So it just yeah. takes time and it gets there. Yeah. It does. So tell us a little bit about your journey then from obviously – graduating from high school, going yep. to university, yep. and then into your professional okay. career and working your way up through leadership. All right, so um, I went to New South Wales University um, and did chemical engineering, which is a lovely, couldn't have picked anywhere further away. Um, so that was a walk, train, bus, <laughs> walk every day, an hour and a half each way. Well, and in fact, if I'd lived, oh, when the boys went to school, he lived 15 minutes up the road, and he was classified as a country student <laughs> so if I lived 15 minutes further away we could have yeah. gone as a country country student with all the um uh, some of the scholarships and stuff that went in it was classic so so we went there and I, I studied chemical engineering um again with a great bunch of um kids uh New South Wales Uni attracted a lot of country students yeah. whereas Sydney University was a lot of Sydney based students yep. so there were a lot of people who come from mining towns and country areas and yeah. stuff like that. Because so Sydney University and I guess Melbourne University yeah, exactly and even right. ANU would be considered some of the sandstone yeah, universities. Yeah. I guess in America would be considered like the, the Ivy League. Yeah, the, the Ivy League ones, yeah. But yes. funny enough for our courses and for engineering, New South Wales had a higher entrance mark. Yeah. So it was an interesting, it was an interesting um, way of looking at it. But for things like arts and music and the yeah. humanities, they were definitely a lot better. So yeah. I went there and I did my undergrad training with BHP in Port Kembla at Steelworks. I think that was a great introduction yeah. to um, life in a male-dominated world. What um, was that like? Can you give um, us some insights into it, that? It was funny. Um, I worked. For, I did two summers there, so I did about six or seven months in total um, on the on the plant itself, where there were yeah. six thousand men Oof. and three women. Only three. <laughs> three of us. There were, apart from the ladies who ran the canteen, yeah. there were three of us. There was another student, myself and a qualified engineer called Ingrid. She, she was lovely. Yeah. But um, the, the, that place was interesting. I can't say I, I had too, many tru- too much in the way of trouble. There were a lot of 
gentlemen who'd emigrated after the war, right? Okay, so yeah. a lot of Southern European men, you know, yeah. used to be, Sonia, I saw you go out. You make sure you're home by 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't walk down the street without being, they no watching. They're watching to make sure I behave myself yeah. everywhere I went, which is kind of nice. Yeah, that's good. But, um, and some of the younger guys, yeah, you, you get some of the usual yeah. rubbish that you sort of you could have expected as would happen in Steelworks. But um, if you keep yourself sort of, I won't say separate, but if you keep behave in a manner that that yeah. that is the same as male engineers, but and without some of the some of the bad behaviour that can go along with it, they yeah. they treated me with a lot of respect. That's same good. with Ingrid. Yeah, yes. he, she was the same. So, uh, um, that was. Did a you good feel experience. there was two separate, two sets of rules? Yes. There's always yeah. a, yes, and there still are yes. Yeah. Um, you, for example, if you went out, not not I'm a big drinker, but if you went out, you you, you should you could never have more than a drink yeah. of alcohol, for example, or you'd always kind of have to leave at a reasonable time. I can imagine you having more than a drink. No, I can't. I'm five. I'm five foot, by the way, five foot yeah. two and about forty five yeah. kilos, so fifty kilos. Unfortunately, I haven't got this one up on video. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm tiny. Sonia's only five foot. Tall. <laughs> I'm tiny and tiny. Yeah. So yeah, so you always have to make you always have to carry yourself appropriately. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And do you still feel that's that's even relevant now yep. to, to the ladies who are, and yep. the women who are coming through yep. in leadership now? Uh, yep. Unfortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on look at it, I think it is. Yeah. Um, if girls behave badly, they seem to behave badly, whereas if a, a gentleman or a man does it, it seems to be it's seen as okay boyish behaviour. Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting. I still think people. Whether male or female, still get judged. Yeah, they do. And yeah. like, and like, I know, you know, we've had this conversation before, where yeah. I always say that people should dress for the job that they want to get Correct. to, yep. as opposed to the job that they're in. Yeah. Because people will judge you on your behaviour, the way that you dress, the way they present, the way that you talk, the way you do your research, Correct. the way that you present your work. Yeah. And even if you're not getting paid for that next level, you should be working towards, at that next yeah, level, that level at, towards at, that as level. best you can and correct. work towards that level. That is correct. You, you've always time. got to do that. Yeah, yeah. You, you need to always act in a professional manner. There's sometimes you just want to let yeah. loose, but yeah. you, you always have to make sure that you, you behave appropriately. Yeah. And I think that's probably the big difference, isn't it? That with men, they can, it's almost expected that they do silly things. Yeah, yeah. Whereas a, whereas a woman does it and then it's the end of it. Yeah, it could be the end of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very that's quickly. exactly right. Um, even, like I said, the way that you dress as well. Like mm. I, I remember a couple of years ago, um, a colleague was um, a very colourful woman, wore very high heels because she was also very short, but her shoes was, were her thing. Yeah, good on her. Yep, and you know, very colourful shoes. <laughs> and people actually... Just said, would they make judged her, on her and they actually pulled her inside and said, look, you can't dress like that here. And she's there going, but they're just shoes. And just shoes. No, I like them. Yeah. yeah. Exactly right. Uh, so it was, That's it was, ridiculous, isn't it? Was, it? Yeah. Now, or any time, it's just ridiculous. It was not the, not nice shoes. These were good quality, good quality. expensive, yeah, expensive shoes. Yeah. And people are still judging yeah. her. Again, as a male-dominated environment, yep. I'm thinking, wow, what? No one say that to a guy. No. But then again, guys normally just wear black shoes or brown shoes. So. <laughs> especially especially yeah. where we work. <laughs> especially where we work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone wore tan shoes where we work, they'd think they were right. <laughs> yeah, they're going right off. Right <laughs> off. Woo! <laughs> Engineers going wild. Yeah. Looked at someone else's shoes. Yeah, that's Yeah, and, and, and I'd like to hope it changes because you should be able to reflect your personality a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I swear a lot, a lot of bright jumpers. Yeah. So I am the cardigan queen and the jumper yeah. queen, and people are coming. Oh, you're always wearing bright jumpers. So, 
It's just odd. I always it, thought it was odd. I it said, is, but I, I used to say because it makes you smile, it makes yeah. people happy. Yeah. So why shouldn't you wear bright colours or hack big shoes or male or female or, or whatever it, you feel it, comfortable it matter, in? Should no, it shouldn't matter. Absolutely. It's all about your brain and your output. Yeah. Yep. Unfortunately, it doesn't always come across that way, does it? No. No. Or probably, probably rarely. Exactly right. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. So, um, so I guess. From from that experience, hmm. then how how did you work your way into into leadership okay. and, and work your way up to the All level right. that you're currently at? Um, I worked away. Well, uh, I did a master's degree in engineering, and again, um, I worked with a, a research organisation. Yeah. Getting lovely, lovely, you like this in meat technology, which was made. I worked at an abattoir for a period, quite a period of time. Another lovely place where male dominant, dominated area but the men have knives this time <laughs> very sharp knives so was that related back to the chemical engineering yeah that was at chemical all? engineering yeah so i worked there for a while so uh, and so the meat work was actually related like the, yeah, the masters was related to the work i did the meat works okay wow. yeah so i worked at an abattoir that this is interesting yeah, that would have been did, rough i imagine it was a little bit rough yes yeah. the people were a bit sorry to anyone works in abattoir a lot of them are quite strange yeah. And um, going up, it's quite interesting. The first day you're there, this is a great story. They take you up to this floor to floor, and it's all done it very humanely. Don't get me wrong, but the smell is just something to yeah. behold, and um, it's almost like a rite or a passage or an initiation yeah. to see if you can how long you can stay up there before you have to run away and vomit. Wow. <laughs> so I lasted about twenty minutes, walked away, and I, luckily I kept it all down. But yeah. it was just such a it's a, it, it, it was quite confronting. Yeah, they, I have heard it said because you know, you know, half my family's vegan, so yeah. now and the, the other half of us are, are mostly vegetarian yeah, anyway. anyway. <laughs> but they say if people had to kill their own meat, yeah. there'd be more vegetarians. Yeah, there would be. And I said it was done very, very humanely. It was done yeah. done as humanely as they possibly could. Yeah. Um, and, and it's funny that the, the human body just has that natural reaction. Yeah. To such yeah. a such a process yeah. and. and when people don't see it, don't see it no. they just think the meat on their plate. I know, that's right, yeah. that's right. I'm going down a vegan slant, aren't I? But <laughs> no, anyway, you're not. <laughs> but, but <back laughs> I, I, I still eat the meat. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, so back to. So, um, so that was that was that was story, interesting. Yeah. Um, um, there were some strange people in there, so again, you had to watch what you said. But I think that'd be it wouldn't matter if you're male or female, and you worked in the abattoir. Yeah. But I mean, um, there was a young lad there who was doing his apprenticeship at the time, and you know, we got on quite well, good friends. Yeah. So he, yeah, he. And um, I had I was working with a couple of engineers as well, male engineers, and yeah. they were they were very helpful at yep. the time. So that so that was interesting. It was a little bit difficult. Um, again, it's about the way you conduct yourself and the way yeah. you spoke to people. People treat people with respect. They treated you with respect. Um, and I learned how to deal with different types of people there. Yeah. Very different types of people. So I think that was a very good learning experience. So, I guess what what were some of the challenges? Can you talk about some of those challenges that you um, faced the challenges, there? Challenge, I think the challenges were you were thinking, oh, that sounds horrible, on different planes. Like yeah. I was there to do a particular job and they were there to do a different, do job. A different job and trying to get someone to help you to, to do your job yeah. without interfering with what they did. Or, yeah. And some of them obviously were a little bit rough yeah. and they weren't used to many outsiders regardless yep. male or female being in their domain and they yeah. liked how done the way they like things done yeah and they didn't like any changes so yeah. it was a case of 
having to learn having to learn communicate effectively yep. to say this is what we need and this is how we need to get it done yeah so would this be probably late 80s 90s well, mid 90s mid 90s yeah. yeah so i think even in Brisbane. australia Cannon Bar, Cannon, Cannon, I can't remember Cannon Hill. Cannon Hill. Murray, Cannon Hill. Excellent. So, so again, some of the nicest parts of Brisbane. For those that are in Australia, Brisbane is up in in Queensland. Now, most of you probably know that I'm a born and bred Queenslander, so um, it's it's more, I guess, more of a rural state. Yeah. I know Brisbane is is a city, but it's only has been traditionally a fairly small city. Yeah. for those that live in the southern parts of Australia, they call us the rednecks up in Queensland. Um, big big beef, big cattle, um, yeah. a lot of farms. Yeah. So, yeah, I could imagine that some of those people up there might have been a little bit... Uh, Redneck. Rednecks, yeah, <laughs> which is probably the nicest way to, to put it. But it's also very, um, I guess, it's very friend, pa- patriotic. patriotic and quite friendly. They do yeah. try to be friendly. Yeah, they are. Yeah, absolutely. But it's very male centric state the state, state. Yeah. yes yeah, probably is, yes I have to say yes cannon hill Murray. Yeah. you know he, um if, if anyone wants to know brett's almost laughing because yeah. he knows the part of brisbane <laughs> i was talking about yeah i lived in Toowoomba though so i didn't okay, well, there. that's actually a nice part of brisbane actually that, <laughs> that is actually a very nice part of brisbane, yeah. yeah that was lovely i like that part and so after that i um did some normal i did some normal work running um over at norlunga ran a few chemical in adelaide yep. sound like i've moved a lot don't well I? you have Adelaide and I ran some chemical projects there and yeah. um, again look, working with small businesses, helping yep. them with their work health safety. Well, okay. serious and hazardous yep. materials. Yep. Yeah. So considering that's where I'm working now, 20 yep. years later, oh, still. It, it's still, still. Wow. One of the first things we did was um, when over there was review the occupational health and safety hazardous chemicals yep. regulations for wow. South Australia. Yeah, to help, all to South help Australia. the guy from the you know, fire brigade out. Yeah. So. Yeah, here we are 20 years later, I'm still living that dream. Still living that dream, because I have to say, back then... Uh, it was very new. It was very new, wasn't it? And chemicals were still being used poorly. Like yep. PPE or Nothing. personal protective yep. equipment yep. Um, was probably non-existent. Yep. You might have got some rubber gloves, maybe. If you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. Might, you might. Yeah, or barrier cream, good old yeah. barrier cream. Yeah, I remember some of the chemicals we used to use and use no protective no. equipment at all. No, that was shocking. Oh, I've got that twitch thing <laughs> that, that keeps happening. Yeah, there was yeah. No, nothing like breathing apparatus or no. face masks or eye, eye protection. Yeah, so I, um, so I went out to spend a bit of time trying to teach people about that, which, yep. was, which was a good good experience. Again, yeah, again, nice. again, having to deal with people who ran small yeah. businesses, um, providing yep. them um, assistance, basically free consultancy service. So that was yep. pretty good. That's good. Okay, again, a lot different types of people, a lot yep. of tradies. A lot of small business owners, so yeah. that was good. So after that, I did a few other things. Did my PhD in a in a lab with all girls, which is very different. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, so that, I guess that would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was strange. I yeah. worked all, all with males. How did you go with that? Like, how how that go going from all this? I guess a very a very like it's not even like a mostly male dominated. Yeah. Like you're talking one what three out of what five thousand or was it yeah. four? down to a, a whole group of, of females. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I must admit, there were, there were times when I felt I didn't fit in when they, we had lunch one day and they had a 45-minute discussion on eyebrow plucking. I'm yeah. serious. I thought, how do I pluck your eyebrows? And I'm going, it's kill me now. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'd actually found it difficult. Yeah. 
Um, probably because I I'm not the most girly girl. I prefer I, I prefer to watch sport on television okay. to watch to watch a rom com, yeah. or or I'd rather watch a thriller movie than a yeah. rom com. Um, and yeah, it was it was quite interesting. We did get on reasonably well. Yeah. Um, I can imagine you're not wise. getting on with anybody. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was a bit bad. older than most of the girls okay. in, in the lab. Oh, this one girl, she's about my age, but there was one girl, she'd come to me for advice about her boyfriend or she'd come to me advice when she crashed a car, all those sorts of things. Yeah. And I'm going, oh, there's an age difference. And I was married at this stage. Yeah, that makes so, a difference too. Yeah, the maturity difference. She was a lovely yeah. girl, but um, I must admit, I did find it hard yeah. trying to relate to that or that much estrogen in one room. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, like, talking to other female engineers, they actually have a lot similar. of the similar issues. Yeah. I've got friends who are female engineers, and yeah. we actually all say we have difficulty relating to some women. Not all women, just yeah. some women. Yeah. We, we all relate to each other. Yeah. But we have difficulty relating to very feminine girls, generally. Yeah. So that raises a really good a segue, I guess, where mm. quite often you'll hear about women in, in leadership and in business or in whatever particular yep. field they might be in, aren't supportive of other women yep. who are coming who are, through, who are coming through and and progressing into leadership. What's what's your experience been around that? Um, well, actually, I've not never much. had I've never had a female. Oh no, it's not since I was twenty four. If I had a female boss, yeah. um, but I'm very happy to help as many girls come through the system as I can. Yeah, and if, I'm a big believer in trying to train everyone up, and I'll train them, I'll give them opportunities and to to progress as far as they can. But yeah, yeah I've seen it. I've seen it happen to people I know yeah. where a lot of women feel threatened yep. and they shouldn't. There's no point. Yeah. And do you feel that's part of women having to prove themselves more than yep. what a, more than a man has to prove themselves in, in the yep. same job? Yeah, I think it is. Because um, sometimes I've seen, because I've had a few um, women bosses over the years and it, some of them, it almost feels like they're overcompensating. Yeah. Like that, they've all been very smart. They've all been very capable, but they just seem to push harder mm. than what they need to. Yeah, and they seem to push harder than what most of the men would in that role. Yep. I'm not saying that there's not men that push hard, hard either. either. I know what you mean. But it's the women have consistently done that more than the men. If, yeah. if that makes any sense. I, th- I think, and also a lot of I'm going to generalise here. Yeah, a lot of females do, do do tend to feel a little bit more insecure because. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, there's always that thing when we yeah, talk about women. Are, yeah, women in charge, and they talk about they've done studies. Studies have been completed on women who people who apply for jobs, and men will look at the ten selection criteria, and he meets seven. Quite often, a lot of men will apply for the jobs. They go, I'm I meet seven out of ten, so I'll yeah. apply for the job. A lot of women will look at a job criteria and say, yeah, so okay. SA, I only meet nine, so there's no point or eight yeah. for that selection criteria. So a lot of women aren't quite aren't very secure yeah. in, in where they are or how they got there. Yeah. Which is a shame because generally they've got their... syndrome kicks yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And a lot of them don't realise they're there because they're good enough to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And actually probably twice qualified as yeah. as the guy that's yeah. sitting beside them. them. Yeah. And then yeah. we have problems sometimes, in like, and I know everyone's well-meaning getting girls into positions and we need to start pushing women forward. Yeah. Sometimes we're pushing sometimes women who aren't quite ready to be there yep. yeah, as well, which which is a balance. Yep. It's the same for men. You don't want to push men into a position they're not quite ready yeah. for too. Yeah, that's true. And I think in some, many ways the organisation that we're in, there's an expectation that 
whether it be men or women, will progress to the next yeah, level. exactly. And if they want to stay at the level that they're at because that's what they love to do, yeah. it's almost... almost Seen as a negative. Yeah, it is, I think. Yeah. And so people aren't allowed to do the thing that they're really yeah, passionate about, right. which is what they probably joined exactly the organisation right. for in the first yep. place. Yeah, exactly Which right. is an interesting concept when you think about keeping people motivated mm. and morale high exactly and, right. and people yeah. having job satisfaction well also when you look at specialists you can have specialist technicians or specialist engineers and you know yeah. if you want to want to stay in that stream of organizations big organizations yeah. we're talking about any technically based organization will lose staff if they don't accept that you need yeah. to have streams for specialists yeah. technical people specialist it people specialist yeah. engineers Yep. Specialist scientists, spe- you know, yeah. anything like that. Yep. You know, if if you're really good at HR, specialist HRs, you don't have to. You can yep. you can accept that you, your company will thrive yep. by having some specialists at a higher at a higher pay grade. Yes. Bluntly. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely agree with that. Now, on your journey through, um, you were in. I know you were have been a pioneer through through much of it. <laughs> Was oh, there were times I was in a room and meeting, not only was I the only woman, but I was the only one with hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't know, it sounds horrible. I used to keep a bit of a count in my head when I'm walking up with the hair. How many old guys are there? Yeah, many guys with no, no hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I can believe that, actually, knowing that <laughs> some of the meetings you would have been in. Um, yeah, so has there been someone that's been important to you and been a mentor or a role model that you've looked up to and, and got advice from? Uh, there have been a couple of the years. As I said, there was um, when I, in the organisation we're in now, and I, I was given a position, um, I, the, the person who gave me the position actually said to me, you're not quite ready for it yet, but you'll be okay in six months, so we're going to give you the job. Yeah, and, nice. Um, and I thought, wow, um, coming from a rather person who'd grown up in the system and it was it was quite yeah I was just it was just really good of him so if I yeah. had a few problems occasionally I'd give him a call yeah and he'd have no problems providing me some advice um also about the same time my direct boss at the time um he he was very supportive of me he had a daughter about he had a daughter my age as he used to tell me and <laughs> that's nice yeah so yeah you yeah, see the syndrome I seem to attract lots of dad figures yeah and so if I needed any advice, he, he was always around for a while in the organisation. So he was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Can you, th- thinking back, what was the best piece of advice that you received? Really? Um, probably you can do it and just chill out. You yeah. can do it. That's interesting that you say and chill out because yeah. most people do get told that they, they can do it, but very, very rarely will they, people tell them to look, just, that, just step back and take a breath. Take a breath, yeah. Yeah, and how, how do you how have you found that has helped? I think it has with, because, with because sometimes when I get a bit stressed, yeah. um, I I need to step back, yeah, and and have a look at a bigger perspective, bigger picture, or walk away from it yeah. for five minutes and then make a decision, or walk away for overnight or a week, whatever the yeah. time frame required that is required to make that decision. Yeah, yeah, because you're in a role that does require some, I guess, fast decisions. Yeah, yeah you have multiple things happening. All yeah, my answer. last role was like that all yeah, the time. You know, was, you'd, you'd, ha- you'd have five minutes to make a decision, ten minutes to make yeah. a decision. And they were major decisions. Major decisions that cost yeah. lots of money if I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Even to the point where my, at one stage my boss says, if you're wrong, you're at the door. So take a step back and, and think yeah. about it. Or, and seek advice. Don't ever assume that yeah. you know everything. There are always people who know stuff. Yeah, uh, that's probably a really good one because quite often 
leadership can be a very um, lonely, you can feel very lonely at the yep. top, can't it? Because yep. people are always looking up and yep. it's like there's an expectation that you have to have all the answers. Exactly right. All the time. Yeah, and you don't. And the person who has advice might not be the person you think. Don't always assume that, you know, if you're an engineer, it's going to be another engineer. It could be a yeah. techo, it could be a logistician, it could be someone else. You, you, you need to form those networks to, and, and go and ask yeah. different people. And don't become an academic snob. Don't say, oh, it has been engineering, knows that. Because yeah. that will be a big downfall. Yeah, and since that you talk about that academic snobbery with with a PhD that you have. Yeah, it's um, not like so. So how do you find that plays a part? Because I'm I'm sure it has over the years. Oh, I, where, with other people who, who like to throw qualifications around and it drives me nuts, 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 nuts. Yeah. I I find it odd. I don't understand the snobbery. People, yeah. I always say this thing: people have different talents yeah. and different skills. Some yeah. people are great. At, at talking to people. Some people are great at being a mechanic. Other people yeah. are great at teaching. You know, people yeah. have skills. Accept people for their skills. Yeah. Not everyone has to go to university. Not everyone has to be an engineer. No, that's true. Everyone has you've got to accept that. What's your view? I, look, I, I have this, I guess, a, a personal view that there's a difference between a qualification and an education. Correct, Correct. exactly you right. Know, and, there's, and I guess in our organisation, I've seen and I've worked with many people who seem more focused on accumulating qualifications. And it's a big thing with young people now. Yeah, they go to university now and get double degrees. Yep, and, and then I, they and back up with the, the masters point. after it and they haven't got any life experience exactly right. to base the masters exactly upon. Right. And it's just, it's just, mad. It is, and, they, and unfortunately what, what I've seen is that they never actually apply the knowledge that they've learnt from the qualification. Yep, correct. And for me, then they don't have an education. So That's the education exactly right. is in the doing exactly. part. It's in, of it the is in the doing. You know, you, t- yeah. you talk about qualifications, training, and education. A qualification, QT, and E. Yeah. Yeah. But people do concentrate too much on qualifications. Yeah. You need to get out. Whether it's a, whether it's at uni, you get a part time job. Whether it's yeah. umpiring cricket, working at McDonald's, yeah. doing a vac job as an in- or yeah. an internship. It's just it, yeah. it makes it so much better. It makes what you study. Yeah. Practical. It does. I mean, I think apprenticeships are a classic, a great example where you learn and yeah. you have a practical. And you're doing it at the same doing time. Doing it at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I just, I just see, I've seen so much. I've done, I do a lot of recruiting, and I've seen a lot you of it do. in the last, yeah, yeah I've done a lot in the last few months. I'm looking at all these poor kids, 25, 26. Yeah. And they've got two or three degrees, and they have never worked. No, yeah, I remember seeing on an interview panel with you and. The poor guy who was sitting on the other side, the only examples he could give were from his PhD. He had yeah. literally gone to yeah. university, done his honours, then he's done his yeah. PhD and had, had never had a job. And then, and, no, and he didn't really understand as well. But no. he didn't even have a vac job. He hadn't even worked no. at Macus. He hadn't, yeah. hadn't Nothing. umpired a kid's sporting event. He hadn't no. done anything. It's it's Life's more than just going to get yeah. qualifications. Getting... It's about ex- experiences as what well. What did I say? Go to, jo- go to school get good grades get a good job yeah exactly but these right. poor kids are coming through they uh, they can't get a good job because they've got job. no experience because yes. all i've done is gone to school yeah exactly right yeah which is interesting it is a, it's a strange thing it's, yeah it's not good and i always wonder what's going to happen to my girls they're getting up with a couple of degrees yeah. they think they're going to be professional athletes still so they, okay. they still do and, and they're performing very well so they're on track so could you share with um, the audience some of the biggest challenges that you've had. The biggest challenges in, in leadership. Um, when I started in a leadership role, here it was I was quite young. I must admit I was, I was younger than 
most people who decide at that level yeah um was being taken seriously i yep. think you know as, as brett's indicated i'm five foot two yep. and a half just went out that five half, foot two and a half and a half, and a half. And a half. Yep. got to put a half in um and so i i'd walk in there with all these very senior experienced men so the first probably two or three years and yeah. my, talking to my husband he knows all about it he said it was yeah. funny nobody took me seriously no yeah yeah I, and i found that quite i don't know if i, I found it quite confronting mm. so how do i get get taken seriously within a reasonable amount of time so i just i just keep plugging away plugging away providing facts and figures giving advice give, yep. making decisions um, referring out to people, making sure that that, that was understood. And yeah. I think that was the biggest challenge was being taken seriously. Yeah, and I have to say you must have developed a fairly thick skin through that. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. even now, as someone <coughs> that has worked for you and been in an organisation where you've worked, I, I still don't believe you get the credit or the acceptance for the, the skills that you bring yeah. to the table as, as a leader. Yeah. I th- I think I'm, different, enjoy- I'm different to the... I know. Yeah. I, I'm actually quite different. I think your technical skills are... I'm uh, not, uh, probably not uh, as good as some of the, some of the other ones. And, yeah, well, but I think you're still respected for, for your technical yeah, skills. I don't think that's ever been in doubt, but just uh, just uh, from a leadership yeah. perspective, I don't think you've been given the credibility oh, that you, that you no, really deserve. because I'm, I'm different to most of the you other are, engineers. Yeah. Um, I'm very much more... I'm <laughs> human. I can look at other people's shoes as an engineer rather than just my own. Yep. Um, I'm, I think I'm a bit more yeah. people-focused, so yeah. I'm a bit more attuned to what's going on. Mm. And, um, yeah, so... But that, uh, that that's my personality type, whether yeah. it's at work or outside of it. I, I, I do like people. And, yeah. I, and, and the thing is, if people are happy to come to work... Or they feel appreciated, they will. Yep. They do better. They do better yeah. for themselves, and they yep. and, and they do better for the organisation. Yeah, nice. But it's about people being wanting to be there and feeling that they're making a contribution. Yeah. And I don't know how many leaders who are in the technical domain understand that. I don't yeah. think a lot of them do. I think some of them read books. Yes. About it. <laughs> I've never read a leadership book in my life. Shh, probably cut that bit out too. Don't, don't say that. You're killing <laughs> me. I, I tell people to read books all the time. Um, I didn't even read the Burning, Burning Penguin book. Oh, didn't you? Oh, I didn't. I can't read it. Can't read it. It was the in the burn, bathroom. I think you've melded three different books there. <laughs> it's the, burning, the, the, burning the, the Burning Penguin. But it's a melting iceberg. <laughs> the melting iceberg in the book. God. So you, you talked about some of the challenges mm-hmm. there. So what would be the biggest lesson that you took out of that? The biggest lesson... Um, that it's going to take time, yeah. Um, and you've just got to be resilient. You've just got to keep plugging away. And yeah. you, as you said, you need to have a thick skin because mm. people are going to throw going to throw rocks. Yeah. And um, they will look they will look for things to yeah. find fault in. And sometimes it's just got to you know go, if you're going to cry, to, yeah. Eventually, yeah. it'll get to you. Just 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 do it. No one can see it. <laughs> do it yeah. quietly in the background. And, and it's interesting that you talk about. That developing a thick skin because I don't mm. think it's that's not just about women in leadership. No, it's either. about everyone. Um, for some of the men that I've seen in leadership, they they cop it just as oh, badly. Yeah. You know, yeah. they they may get accepted quicker. I I, I think that is probably yep. goes without saying. They do get accepted quicker than what women do in, in the workplace, um, and their credibility is probably taken for granted yeah. more than like I, I do feel that women need to prove themselves more than what yep. the men need to yep. do. But when it comes to sitting around a table and discussions going on. 
they need to have thick. Everyone you needs to have, have thick, thick skin skins at that leadership level. The other thing you've got to be. The other thing I've learned is you've got to be prepared for some bad behaviour, yeah, immature that, inter- behaviour. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, this, I've cited an example yeah. with someone several times of my career when people have effectively had tantrums. So I send my teenage daughters to, to their rooms for at yeah. different stages and and just walked off. And I think, oh, really? You yeah. need to keep your emotions in check. Yep. And you might be frustrated on the outside, mm. on the inside. Yep. Yeah. So obviously frustrated inside, but on the outside, just, just again, chill, take that step yep. back. Yeah. But apparently when I'm getting frustrated and annoyed, I get a petulant 15-year-old teenager look on my face. <laughs> so everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> apparently I'm renowned for it. Back out. Back, back up, out. Back out of the room. Apparently I do this. <sighs> and I just roll. <laughs> and and roll the eyes. There. Yeah. Cam tells me that. He goes, oh, you always get You go. Mark Wade, yeah. Mark Wade says I can tell that because I also do. I also, also start tapping my foot as well, so yeah. I'm learning to keep those traits under yeah. control. Well, yeah. But yeah, they. But that's interesting. Mm, yeah. yeah, the bad behaviour. I think when in the leadership role was was a bit of a surprise. I expected it at all times everyone would be professional, but that's not quite true. Yeah, yeah. I think that raises a, a good point because I, I did read a book um, a few years ago, and uh, for those that are interested, it's about psychopaths in the workplace. <laughs> uh, the book was actually called Snakes in Suits. And yep. the part that I found uh, intriguing was that they reckon there's as many psychopaths in large corporations mm. other as there are in prisons. Yep. And that sort of took me back a bit, but it's the behaviour that yep. identifies them as, as psychopaths. And obviously, they've, instead of using their psychopath tendencies for evil and breaking the law they yeah. they use it as being bullies and they isolate and yep. they overcome and they mm. conquer and they divide and they steal people's work and they'll do it legitimately yep. in a corporation and they're the ones that start to rise to the top so you get these guys that i'm not saying all senior leaders are psychopaths because no. that's far from the truth so yeah. the, you know you're talking about three percent of, the, of yeah. the general populace here yeah. so it's not a lot of people but you you can understand why some of this bad behavior does start yeah. to filter through because oh, quite often people have large egos when they start getting to the senior yeah, levels as well yeah and watching people manipulate others yeah and as you said divide and conquest and attack each other yeah i don't i think i was naive i didn't realize it went on you know you, yep. you hear about it on tv or read about it in a book and but until you see it in action you, yep. it's it, the first few times i was horrified yeah you, you can't you shouldn't not you can't yeah, you, you can't. shouldn't you behave shouldn't, yeah. like that yeah. but it goes on and it goes on in all yeah major big organizations it probably yeah. goes on in small organizations yeah. too yeah yeah i'd imagine so it's been yeah that's been a learning curve yeah so we'll just flip that flip that coin mm. over. So you can share some of the, the, what the benefits. Well, maybe not so the benefits of, of leadership, but what your biz, what you consider to be some of your best biggest successes. Mm. I don't do talking about successes. I know well. you don't. I, I, I don't. Put you on the spot, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm not going to think of anything. Um, successes. I I think. Honestly, my biggest success is seeing some of the people I've worked with. Some again, the people thing again. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I know. It's all about the people I've worked with and try and seeing them grow mm. and move. I know it sounds horrible. Move out, move up yep. and out. And I, I've taken that on as a big role now, and where we are mentoring some of the junior people. In fact, yeah. pulling them in and saying, right, this is where you are now. Where do you want to go? And how are we going to get there? Yeah. In fact, yeah. so as I said, one of the I do, one I see successes is. is 
helping yeah. people and particularly very young people when they come yeah. out to try and help them on their career and their path yeah that's one of my biggest successes i'm not surprised you said that i'd say i've always considered probably the biggest success i've had is when i i guess prior to working for you yeah. i was in um the the business improvement space and i led a team for like nearly 10 years yeah. and one of the guys was actually a, an engine mechanic yeah and uh look he's only on on my team for three years mm -hmm. and when he came in i said look mate what what do you want to do because yeah. i knew that the type of work that we did had him working with senior leaders yeah and then going back to his role because the organization would bring him in yeah he'd be in my team for three years and he'd go back to his old job yeah he'd just get so frustrated because he's he's gone from working on the At shop floor level, yeah. you know pushing spinners to working with the bosses like literally yeah. the bosses are actually probably like three four levels above him five or maybe five, yeah. six levels yeah. above where he was at. So yeah. we're talking about, I guess, the general managers of, yeah. of his particular business unit. And they were asking him for advice. So I said, mate, you can't go back. It, it'll just be too frustrating yeah. for you. I said, you have two exactly. choices. You know, you can either move up, you know, take a step up into the management positions or get out. Yeah. And so he goes, no, nah, I'll become a consultant. So we oh, did. Wonderful. Yeah, so we worked with him. And he was like a sponge. Every every piece of advice yeah, he great. took on board, we you know do do work. And then because yeah. we had the drive to and from our location, yep. so some of us was like a five hour drive yeah. up into New South Wales or yeah or down to you know the, the southeast of um, yeah. Victoria's. And I guess the shortest was probably a three hour drive. Yeah. We just have a debrief the whole way back. Oh, good. And he would just take it on. And the next time we did a did a workshop, he'd apply Lead it. it. Yep. And at the end of the three years, he picked up a job at PwC. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. um, it was great. Yeah, I find that more more yeah. enjoyable than anything technically that I've achieved over yeah. the years. It's, I think it's more important. And that sense, yeah. I'm not that old. I feel like I've had my time now. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And it's time for the next people. Yeah, to come actually, on. you're not that old. <laughs> no, I'm not that old. It's like I coach a kids' sport, and yeah. I get joy. I, you know, I've got kids of all abilities and ages, yeah. and I actually just like seeing them improve. It's yeah. great. It's great. I'm glad you made that segue into sport because one thing I have noticed is that a lot of senior leaders quite often exercise and do sport at a reasonably high level. Yeah. Um, and I know yourself do you know run marathons and do a lot of running. Oh, I was in the state team for touch footy. Yep. as Well, so you played you played touch football at national state, level. state and national state and national level. Yep. So you're an elite sportswoman in your own right. How important do you find that physical fitness and physical ability oh. and training? How important is that is to your leadership? I, I find, that particularly if you're doing a lot of, now that I don't do so much competitive sport anymore because it's on Sunday afternoons, yeah. but I'm the worst person in the team, but um, I use it as a time just to let my mind go. Yeah. I was running tonight while well, my kids were training. I was just running around and round yeah. and round and asked me what I thought about it. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Absolutely couldn't tell you. I think if I let things settle in the back of my mind, then yeah. an answer will pop out. So I just like that complete. Yeah. You're the same when you're right. Yep. I just, I don't know where my, where my yeah. mind goes. It's that time to just zone it. Zone out. It's not, it's, it's not, not even It's not even zoning out. out. It's just about not thinking about stuff. Stuff. And so I, f I find that very important. I think being physically fit helps yeah. you, you with your mental agility. Yeah. And um, yeah, I enjoy it. And also when I'm getting really stressed, my husband says, go for a run. <laughs> We can imagine Gav saying that. <laughs> go for a run. Get out time, of here. Time to go for a run. Time for a go for a run. And yeah. my girls say, Mum, if you have an exercise in three days, go and exercise. You're annoying us. <laughs> You're getting uptight. <laughs> I think I might be a bit it? addicted. Yeah. Or it's just a lifelong habit. 
It is, isn't it? it and yeah. it does become just part of who you are and part yeah. of your part of your, your routine. routine. And it's interesting that uh, a lot of successful people do have routines. Yep. They have, they'll have a morning routine. They'll have an evening yep. routine. Yeah. Is, well, is there yep. something that you do that you believe is important in your morning or evening routine? For, like, for me, from a mental yeah, health? Just, just to perform at your peak. Um, I'm not... Uh, it sounds awful. I like my mornings to be exactly the same. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. No, it doesn't. I, no, it's probably of, a bit of OCD coming in. I, I know right down to when I walk down the stairs... What yeah. window I open first? Yeah. What light I turn on? I just like, yeah. like, um, everything in that set order. And then yeah. I like that getting on the. I go up to work on the train. Yep. And I know that sounds horrible. Apart from a couple of people, Brett's one of them. I used yeah. to, to talk to on the train. And yep. Apart from him and a couple of others, I actually don't want to talk to anyone. No, I, me either. I like reading my book. Yep. I just read my book. That's yeah. that's how I'm just refreshed before I get in there. It's only yeah. a twenty minute trip. Yeah. I said, "There only I like to talk to you. I talk, used to talk to Brent, yeah. Brent, big Brent, and then that's about it. They're the only people Maybe I Maybe Maury, if he's, yeah, Maury. If he's, but apart from there's a two three people, I don't have the urge yeah. to talk to anyone. I think that that's very yeah. important to me. And I don't know. I just and it's yeah. always been like that. That's good. Yeah, because mm. I have noticed that there's, there's even books being written now about the. Um, the habits of successful people. Yeah. And most of it is based around what they do first thing in the morning, what they do last thing at night. So yeah. it's interesting to hear what yeah. you actually, the routine that you go through. It's exactly the same every yeah. morning, right down to making the girls' lunches yep. in, exact, in exact order. It's a bit, it's a bit woohoo, I accept that. <laughs> it's all right. That's okay. It's okay. It works. It works. It yeah. works. So something we haven't touched on, and there's been a lot talked about it in the press and in the media yep. and even literature over the years, is about you know, the glass ceiling that women yep. experience in leadership. Yep. What's your experience been with that? It exists. It's, yeah. it, um, is it more of a concrete block as opposed to a glass oh, ceiling? Uh, yes. Oh, oh, or is I that think, just the organisation that we're in? <laughs> um, I think, no, I don't think it's just our organisation. If you look at the banking sector, it's, yeah. it's just as bad. If you look at um, any of the technical domains, well, well, the first problem is with the technical domains, anyone who's in a technical field's not as likely to get to the top anyway. Yeah. Because as much as we like accountants and those types of people and lawyers tend to progress through major corporations yep. they do, significant, they? significantly for us than any type of technical person whether you're an IT a scientist an engineer technician yep. um, they tend to do that do I think yeah it is it, it is hard um, you, you're, ex- you're expected to get to a level but then people for some reason assume if you have kids or even if you don't have kids if you don't have kids you want to have kids yes and if yep. you have kids then you can't do they both. can't do both yeah and um, it's, it's quite a bizarre thing um, yep. and so you smack your head against it and there are a few there are girls getting through the, the yep. but sometimes it's I see it, it's at a cost greater than their male equivalents yes I'd agree that makes sense yeah it does yeah and you go and so sometimes you go, well, is it worth it? And, yeah. And, and, and that's a decision for each individual to make, whether yeah. male or female. But, yeah, I just think some of them And I also think society puts more pressure on women in many regards as yeah. well. Yeah. So for the, for the women that stays at home to look after their children. Yeah. They're seen as being, oh, you're just a stay-at-home mum. You yeah, go to exactly. work, you're a negligent mum. Yeah, exactly. You can't win. <laughs> no. And, and that's not just coming from society. It's coming from their family. Yeah, exactly. Their right. friends. Yeah. Uh, the workplace, yeah. their colleagues, yeah, and so they, they, it seems like they can't win no matter exactly which way right. they go. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. I'm lucky; most of my girlfriends actually work, which is good. Which yeah. is good. 
or other or other engineer, you know, mass yeah. and work. So I remember when we, it's funny when the kids were little. Little what we did was we used to have a a, a, a pool. So yeah. one of us would take time off, and the husbands as well, like a yeah. day. So we cut down on how much time we had to take oh, off okay. during school holidays, things yeah. like that. And try and yeah. cut down childcare costs. You know, you yeah, take yeah. your kids for a day, and another, they go to another family for a day. And yeah. so it was all right, except you had 12 screaming kids running <laughs> around your house. It was yeah. just, Aah! But it was yeah. only for one day out of four, three, four, five. That's just things like it? that. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, you, can't, you can't be a super, you can't be perfect. No one's going to be perfect. No. Eventually, you've got to accept, okay, if I haven't washed the floors, so what if you can if you're working full time and you're looking after your kids if you can afford somebody to come in and clean your house for two hours a week just do it don't feel guilty yeah that's interesting because I know uh, in all the coaching courses that I've done over the years yeah. um, actually one of my mentors and one of the senior coach trainers she said the first thing that you should do is get a cleaner yeah. she goes all the, she actually said women who who has a cleaner and like I think two or very three, few two or three people put their yeah. hand up yeah and she goes right women why not write down on your Goal list: Get a cleaner. cleaner. That's the funny, first thing you need to outsource. Funny enough, is I, I actually have a cleaner now, and um, this, I mean, it was funny. It's a lady I played basketball with, and um, she, and she had a little, she had a small company just getting started, and she needed clients. And yeah, I, I, I worked out. It was quite funny. It was a girlfriend of me said to me, "You earn enough money. You're working full time. Why don't you? Why don't you have a cleaner?" Yeah. And it was just a reality check. And she goes, "How many days do you work?" I said, five. Yeah. She goes. And how many days a week? What do you do on Saturdays? I said, well, clean the, house. clean the house. What do you <laughs> Sunday morning clean the house? So she, so, so she goes, so you're telling me you're working six and a half days a week. In Victorian times, they used to get, used to get Tuesday afternoons off as well, <laughs> Sunday yeah. afternoon. She goes, so really when you think of it like that. Yeah. And that, that was a really good friend of mine. Yeah. And I went, That's, that was a light bulb moment going, yeah. oh my God, I'm spending all of Saturday, half yeah. a Sunday, I'm, I'm looking myself into a grave. Yeah. And not spending time with your kids. Not spending time with kids. Because yeah. you might be exactly. at, might be in the same house, but you're not. Yeah, present you're, you're, family, you're having loads of washing. You're hanging out in the clothesline. Yeah. Yeah. It was just one of those bizarre light bulb moments. And she yeah. said, "You know, the, the lady." And she said, "You know, you trust her. You've known her for years, and yeah. she's trying to get a company started." Yeah. And it's just, it was just a light bulb moment. So I was, just, it was yeah. mad. And, would you and go I did back? that for years. Yeah. No. No, no, when I finish, I'm going to stop working. Yeah. <laughs> I see. She yeah. Said, yeah, but I'm like, no, because it was mad. It was mad. Yeah. It was mad. I had two, you know, two kids. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and also taking them to all their activities Terror, as well. Yep. Travelling to work, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So just just do it. Just, yeah. It's just not worth the stress. And, you know, if I don't, if something happens and nothing isn't done, guess what? It doesn't matter. Yeah, like I know, actually, just a couple of nights ago, I went and saw Dr. John Demartini live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said... Very similar thing. He goes, look, outsource all the things that don't... Don't matter. That don't matter. He said, yep. outsource as much or delegate as much of the things that isn't your main purpose in life. Exactly right. If it's not your purpose, don't, don't do, do it. Don't do it. I agree. It's and taken it, a long time to realise yeah. that. Is it really that important? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, um, <laughs> I guess, would make people stop and think about what's really important. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. So I know we probably need to start wrapping this up and bring this um, plane good. down and park it in the hangar. So... Oh, God. You're such a techo. Oh, yeah, aren't I? Got to love those plain analogies. So is there any advice that you could give to aspiring leaders? Okay. Before we wrap up. I, I think we finished. And then probably just two parts of that. So yeah. just general advice that you'd give to people yeah. aspiring to be leaders, yeah. but then specific advice that you would give to 
young women who are coming through and, and thinking about taking on a leadership okay. role? Inspiring to be leaders. Yeah. One, respect. Respect everyone. Respect yeah. the people you work with from from where, regardless of what job they do and, and yeah. who, who they are and, and learn from those people. Yeah. You will not know everything. The moment you stop respecting those people, you... you, you they they will not no longer respect you. That sounds a bit yeah. wishy washy, but no, what I'm but that makes, to say makes is, sense because like you know my background, so I was in the military, yeah. and quite often you'd, as a technician, we could get to the top of our trade trade as as the senior technician, yeah. and our bosses would be a very young yeah. engineer, yeah, and they could quite literally be the same age as our kids, yeah. So um, yes, and some would transition quite well and they'd like you said they'd respect the yeah, fact respect. that well knowledge and experience we, we, as a technician i may not have been an engineer but you know i've got sort yeah. of 20 years of experience working yeah. and pulling the things apart and putting them back together yeah you, you have two weeks <laughs> yeah they've got literally two weeks mm-hmm. of being on the job and yeah. some seek that information and others go well hang on i'm the boss so you must do what i say yeah, and, exactly. and you go oh actually you, you don't know anything yet yeah no yeah. sunshine so that's yeah, so that's, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah that, that that's probably my number one and the second one is don't rush you don't yeah. have to be you know the ceo of a company at 25. yeah take take time learn your trade learn yeah. learn how to be with learn people learn about people yeah that's the most important things and also remember there is life eventually yeah. when you leave that organization doesn't matter yeah. what organization it is you're just mr smith mr jones yeah who who walks down the street and maybe goes to to the football on the weekend or yeah. goes to the pub or or goes for a walk in the path and you'll yeah. be replaced yeah so you've got to some at some stage stop and realize what's important to you it's not yeah. just about work there are other things in life mm. well the two things I'd, I'd say to and to young girls hang in there it's getting yeah. better when i started yeah. working know that three men three women six thousand men guess what no toilets for girls, we had oh, a flip really? sign on one of them. Yeah, wow. so you'd have to knock on the door. It was in several places I worked. Knock on the door and yep. and, and wait, make sure no one's in there. Get a sign, flip it over. Go wow. to sticky boy toilets. <laughs> be well, right. they are, aren't they? Yeah. Yep. Like so, I know my girls, they won't go anywhere near the. No, sticky boy toilets. Yeah. Yep. Sticky boy toilets. So um, is it? Yeah, hang in there. It, it's getting better. Yeah. Women are getting further. Yeah, um, I think they are. And and support one another. Yeah, find, find a mentor who's mm, willing to support you. That's good. Yeah, that's good advice. That's bad. Thank you very much. That's nice. look, really, look, I really appreciate your time. Really appreciate uh, you know, sharing your your story with the listeners too. So that's been fantastic. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, there we go. We've wrapped up another podcast. Thank you for staying with us. And for if you're a new person coming into listener, new listener, thank you for joining us here at the Leadership Sensei Radio. If you're a repeat listener. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for joining us again, and I hope you got great value once again from it. And also, I'd like to say, again, thank you to my listeners all around the world. You make a big difference. It makes it really meaningful for me to know that there are actually people tuning in and listening. If I can ask you to please subscribe on whatever platform that might be, whether it be iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher, whatever platform that you're listening to this on. If you haven't seen my YouTube channel, please go to The Leadership Sensei. If you haven't joined me or joined our community at on Facebook, please also do that. You can find me at The Leadership Sensei on Facebook. Most days I do have a short video going up and I do put other content up there at various times as well. So thank you again. Have a great week. 
I'll see you next time.